0: hello everybody welcome to a fraction of my reality i'm miss lovett i'm somebody's favorite teacher and i'm gonna go ahead and let my co-host for today and the unforeseen future introduce himself
1: what's going on you guys it's your boy mars aka marvin i am the boyfriend and i will be here for the foreseeable future because of the rona
0: So before I get into anything else, before all of my episodes, I want to focus on the positives. So I would like myself and whatever guests I tend to have or will have to say three positives that they got going on at the time that they just want to speak on. So for myself, a big positive that I can say during this time is that number one, I'm still getting paid. Okay, I am in my career. I am needed. These students need to learn. So I am still getting paid. I still have a job to do every weekday. Cause I work, on oh, yes. Um, secondly, I'm in good health. If you know me, you know I am asthmatic and sometimes just breathing the wrong way puts me in the ER. So the pollen has not taken me out yet. I am blessed to be in good health. That's wonderful. And I don't have to do this quarantine time alone. I do have somebody that I get to see every day. And he's kind of all right. So it's not miserable either. (laughs) Kind of. You
1: know what? Anyways, I guess it's my turn for my three. Yes. Well, first of all, you know, thank God for my health. And uh, a second thing is uh, thank God for all my friends and family to be uh, in good health. and You know, fortunately not that affected by um, coronavirus. And um, thank God that I got you and the two dogs that may be the most annoying little things in the world. But it's good to have them around when you're stuck at home.
0: That is beautiful. So as you've already picked up, if you're here, I've already said it when I um, came in. A fraction of my reality, that is this podcast that I want to start. And a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because as I'm getting more into my career, this is my third year teaching, um, as I'm getting more into my career and trying to shift, my main thing is becoming how to be a teacher and help others understand uh, teachers or help teachers teach, you know, help them be themselves, help them be the best they can be. So as I go through different experiences, as I get more experience, as I'm just, you know, traveling through this journey of teaching wherever it takes me. I'm trying to really do what I can to help others. And we're going to go ahead and kick it off. Like any first episode, first TV episodes have the pilot. This is my pilot episode, my origins episode. So I'm going to let Marvin ask some questions, pick my brain. And I also have some questions that some of my friends came up with that I will be answering as well if it hasn't gotten talked about through his questioning. So I'm going to let him go ahead and kick that off.
1: First question I had honestly is um why math? (laughs)
0: Well why math? Um math is just you know, for those of you don't know, I am a seventh grade math teacher. Um and math is just it's universal, you know what I'm saying? Numbers are the same in any language. So Mm -hmm. why not? Right. You know? I love I love that aha moment I get when I solve a problem. I love showing my work, carrying the one rounding, <laughs> gazenta, you know, it's, it's, it's math is beautiful, math is beautiful. I know a lot of people hate it, but I think it's beautiful.
1: Okay, Um. now that we've gotten past why you chose this subject, why this grade level?
0: Seventh grade. Every time somebody says, um, what do you teach? I say seventh grade, they're like, seventh grade. It's one thing to be a teacher, but seventh grade, and... Seventh grade was that year for me. When I was in seventh grade, I started getting into sports. I started learning about my body and, you know, just becoming a little woman before, you know, the big changes really, really started to kick in. So when I was in seventh grade, I felt lost. I didn't really have connections with my teachers in seventh grade. So when I started playing, I know I always wanted to do middle school because elementary was too low, high school was too high. So I knew it was middle school, but really, pinpointing middle school I was like I need to teach seventh grade because that was such a pivotal year for me there's so many changes that you go through being that middle child in middle school that you need somebody in your corner and I want to be that person in those seventh graders corners because again too in the middle seventh grade just a little bit of the quote-unquote I guess conceited part of it when you're in sixth grade, everybody talking about Miss Lovett. I love mm-hmm. my math teacher Miss Lovett. Everybody mm-hmm. want to have me when you're in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And we get to eighth grade, you're reflecting on when you have Miss Lovett and you miss Miss Lovett. So it's good because right. I get to see the babies who want to get to know me coming up and I still have another year to see the babies I just had leave the school. Okay. So it's really, it's really um, interesting though.
1: And you know, what was your first day of teaching like?
0: My first day of teaching was just scary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they, the county that I was in when I started teaching, our first at my school, our first day of school, the first two days of school, actually, we saw nothing but our homeroom because mm-hmm. we had an advisory type program really trying to get that mentorship built in with your homeroom teacher.
1: Right.
0: So I had the same kids all day. Mm-hmm. You can tell my middle school is here middle schoolers are not easy to please so I had to go through and really think about what I was going to do for them and how I was going to keep their attention for two days straight all day only didn't have me for connection so that was it and then the first day teaching as students were coming to my classroom and coming to see me as a math teacher it was more so of how can i get on this good foot with y'all because they're already coming to my class like oh this is the mad teacher absolutely not so breaking that shell and getting through to them there and then moving on to how can we set the standard for a good year you know so okay just a lot of strategic planning and making sure that i set the right tone for the year
1: uh, as you started teaching what was the experience like
0: i don't really know how to answer that Really? Like okay. starting to teach is just you just grow every day. You mm-hmm. learn about you as a person. You learn about you as an educator and what you need to alter to make sure that your students are getting everything they need when mm-hmm. they are in your classroom.
1: Well, since you don't really know how to answer that question, let's go back to um something like what motivated you to be a teacher. But instead, what do you? How do you motivate your students?
0: Mm-hmm. How do I motivate my students? Um. Just the positivity, especially this year I've been on a really good vibes only kick, you know staying positive, really believing in yourself and that's something that you know especially with math, you have to get them to you have to like kind of instill that in them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm correcting you, I'm not just gonna shut you down in the middle of the class. I'm gonna be like, okay, that was okay, but how can we make that better? you know mm-hmm. how can you change this? You were incorrect. We're going to recognize that. But your mistake is going to help you learn. So empowering learning instead of just making them feel like, oh, I cannot do it. I'm dumb. Because math is a struggle point. And being a math teacher and just being a teacher in general, because some teachers don't really know how to correct students and help them on the path but just being that teacher in general is just like okay how can we get better i want to see you do better these are my expectations don't meet my expectations beat my expectations you know
1: right um so since we're talking about your day-to-day i know in your day-to-day sometimes you have administrators come into your classroom and they look at you and they watch you and they watch you teach and they give you they criticize and try to help you become a better teacher and i wonder how what's what's that like for you
0: when administrators come into my classroom yes it's evolved because Mm -hmm. before um when i was on more unsure footing i the administrators would come in and i would like lock up like oh no Mm -hmm. they're in here they're gonna fire me because i suck but you know now Administrators come in my room. I'm like, "What's up? Good to see you. Here's what we're doing." Well, you know, I don't have to tell them that. They can see because again, my my stuff. Like, I'm into my routine where I'm like, I'm confident in what I'm teaching. I'm confident in my lessons, and I'm confident that even if my students weren't acting right a minute ago, they're gonna act right now when you see that administrator in the room evaluating me. <laughs> so, but they're generally pretty okay, so that's not a worry. But I'm just like. I look for the feedback and I know how to accept feedback in a better manner. Now before getting feedback was kind of hard. Um, but now it's like, okay, I can see where I can do that mm-hmm. and I can make it better. But again, now I get better feedback than I did because I'm getting more into my craft. So that probably is why right. I'm more, um, accepting of it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And you said in the beginning that you struggle with your evaluations. Um, what was the very... Can you go more in depth with the very first one? How was that?
0: Um, the first one was definitely nerve-wracking. Um, it, was, it's, it was hard to kind of hear, you need to work on all of this. Um, but, you know, I was a first-year teacher, so it was something I had to take with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, dude, you're not perfect. You just started. Take the advice and do better. excuse me. Do better. And that's really mm-hmm. all there is to it. I think I was being sensitive, but it was just to help me grow as an educator starting out.
1: Okay, and um, you know, me being a money-minded person, I I have to ask: Did you care about the the um, the stigma behind t- uh, teacher salaries and how y'all are typically underpaid for what you do?
0: No. The money was never really an issue to me because it's all about. Even though I'm pretty terrible at budgeting, it's all about budgeting at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like I make do; I don't have any issues with my money. It's not like a huge issue, so I'm good.
1: All right. What um, what did your parents think of this career path?
0: My parents, they they supported me. I've always had the type of parents that maybe they'll tell me. Like, okay, that won't really get you where you need to be. But they've always been very supportive of anything I set out to do. So me being a teacher, they were like, hey, that's a secure career path. (laughs) You know, you can rise up in ranks in that career path. So we know that you'll be set for life, and that's something you're passionate about. So go for a girlfriend. And they've supported me every step of the way. Each year, they come visit my classroom. They've met my principal, my assistant principal. Um, that's over me and you know they're always there anything that they could do for teaching I told them for digital learning I said hey guys I need an iPad they said okay buy me an iPad you know what I'm saying (laughs) so they're just they're always there always supportive I Mm -hmm. definitely appreciate everything that they do and they never never made me feel bad for my career choice
1: and then one last question from moi I just wanted to ask you what um what's your favorite kind of student?
0: My favorite kind of student. I don't I don't really have a favorite kind of student. If you're in my classroom Boo. and you're willing to work, you know, or you're willing to allow me to help you work, you're good in my book, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm all about getting things done and making sure that we're getting our mark. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I know you said that was your last question. So I've been asking around and I actually have some questions from my friends to really get into the nitty gritty of it. Some of these are kind of funny. So I'm gonna get into some of my friends' questions. I have one question from my friend Desh. Um, She said, in what ways are you trying to be better than the teachers you had in school? Um, well, you know, I just, I just wanna do more. I'm not gonna say that my teachers ever did any less or they weren't good enough because I definitely had some powerful teachers. But there are also teachers I cannot remember their name. If they walk past me in the store, I would not know them from a can of paint. So I wanna be the teacher that sticks with you. When you're at 35 sitting at home, like, dang, I wonder if Ms. Love is still in that same classroom on the corner. You know, so that that's just that big thing that I want to do. So I just want to make a mark. And a question from Alyssa, one of my lovely sorority sisters. Um, how did you imagine teaching would impact your life? I really didn't never imagine some of the ways that stuff would impact me. I never imagined that I would be so emotional as a teacher. The smallest notes, the smallest ways that children express to you the impact that you have in their life how much that moves me as a person um teaching caused me to grow up because there were things that I would talk to about talk about with these young women and young men that I would see reflected in my own life and I'm like that's childish And really helped me make decisions because there were things in my life that were weighing me down and I could not be the teacher that I wanted to be to those students because I was struggling so much within my personal so it it just helped me grow it I really had to grow up quicker. Then I think I would have had I been doing anything else and didn't have to be responsible for 140 plus children every day and making sure they were okay and putting them before myself. And then Alyssa always also asks, "Did you ever juggle between another career prior to wanting to teach?" Well, I wanted to teach since I was six, essentially, since I was in kindergarten. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, There were times when I started getting more into the arts, artsy type thing that I wanted to do, maybe be an actress or I wanted to be a singer, but those were short-lived, living in the moment type things. It always came back to teaching. I even have a poem from 8th grade language arts, and I wrote about being a 7th grade math teacher in 10 years, and let's see. Eighth grade, I was in I was in eighth grade in 2008, 2009. It's 2020, 11 years later still. Well, let's see, I got my first job in 2017. So nine, 10 years later, I was a seventh grade math teacher. So that's one of those things that kind of manifested itself. And it's just really cool to see. So let me move on to my boy Armand's questions. Um, Armand from the... Georgia Institute of Technology. I appreciate it. Um, Armand said, what teacher inspired you the most growing up? If you know me, you know, I'm very, very deep into the Spanish language. And my Spanish teacher, my senior year, she did so much to help me get ready for that AP Spanish exam. And if you went to school where I went to school, we had a, you you know, we had an award ceremony. Really, every school has award ceremony. I don't know why I made that specific to my school. But we had award ceremonies. And me, I wanted this award in this class for the longest to get the highest grade in the class. But There was always that one student that just got it before me. And Senora Chin, she gave me the medal, but I didn't have the highest grade. I knew I was going to get that year because I had one of my friends in my class. And I was like, there's no way I'm beating her. And she did end up getting the medal for that but i checked my folder and i still had a medal for ap spanish and i was like what so i went and talked to her you know that next day and she was like you deserve it because you've been working so hard this year i want to recognize that and like to this day that just makes me so emotional because my senior year i was also going through so much I almost didn't graduate senior year because a lot of my emotional issues and I was letting myself slack off. But Spanish was the one class I poured my everything into. And for her to know first and foremost, she knew that was my goal, that I wanted that highest grade medal. But to have her recognize that and to have her give me that, like that, that really spoke to me. And as a teacher... I know I can't reach everybody. Everybody's not going to click with me. But if I can have students every year just feel how I felt in that moment when my teacher told me that she saw me through all the stuff I was going through that year meant the world. And today it means the world. I'll tell that story until I die. She, she, really, she really gave me a goal to look forward to, to be the type of teacher I wanted to be. What's the hardest part of teaching middle schoolers? The hardest part about teaching middle schoolers can be their attitudes, okay? I don't know who told middle schoolers that they were 13 going on 30, but sometimes I have to be the one to take them down a notch. And I'm not afraid to admit that because they get way ahead of themselves. And I'm like, hold on, hey. I don't know what you thought this was going to be, but it is not that. So I need you to correct yourself really quick. Um, Outside of all that, though, the attitudes come in all shape and forms. Middle schoolers are changing so much. You know, they're dealing with puberty and finding themselves. They had little crushes in elementary school, but now middle school, they think they're in love and dealing with heartbreak and stuff that's really real to them. And as an adult, sometimes adults, I see so many adults, write off how children feel. And I'm not going to act like I've never went to my coworkers and said, like, I wish you would get over it. But to your face, to a student's face, I'm going to try to let you know how I feel and let you know it's going to be okay while not downplaying your feelings. Because those are real to them. Can you imagine feeling like your world is falling apart and you go to a teacher and they're like, girl get out my face that little boy ain't even worth it like that at that point i trusted you i came to you and now you're just like wow she doesn't even care about me you know that's so hurtful like my heart breaks for those students who come to their teachers to be an ally to whatever they're going through and the teacher downplays it and you never know who's downplaying it at home now mind you there are topics that you don't need to get into with students but if they're having some little heartbreak over a little boy it's okay to just be like hey I know what you're feeling i was once where you were but xyz however you want to feel that but don't don't invalidate them because that's that's just sad they came to you and it's, it's real to them that's the biggest thing you you know how you felt when you were that age and you can laugh at it now but they can't you can share your story but they don't have that story to look on and be like oh it will be okay because right now to them it's not so that middle schools go through a lot (laughs) um what keeps you going on your rough days on my roughest days it's just a reminder of what I'm there for um because I have some I have some really bad days and I know that I'm there for them and I remember why I do what I do and it always seems like on the roughest days I always if there's always something in my classroom that's just Love Lovett, you know, I just love you today. It's like that higher power tells them, Ms. Lovett needs a hug. Ms. Lovett just needs you to tell her thank you. And they come. Now, those are the days when they'll come in class, and it'll be an awesome class period, even though I feel horrible. And sometimes I express to students. Like, I'm very transparent to my students to a professional degree. So if I'm having a bad day, they know. If I'm not feeling well, they know. Um, Because... If not, then I'm just walking around looking grumpy and they don't know what's going on. And they're per- perceptive. So they're going to pick up on that and then it's going to rub up on them. But if I tell them I'm having a bad day, but I'm going to be okay and we're going to get through this, then they're like, okay, she just needs some space. Gotcha. Let's be good today. Or let me give her a hug and let her know that I appreciate her. And I'm also going to get for her space. They respond very well to that transparency. Just letting them know that it's not you. I'm struggling. I don't want to seem like I'm being a mean teacher today. But I am a little off. So just those responses. And then again, knowing that I'm here to help somebody be better. um, Helps me get through those days. And just reminds me. So I I feel like that was a corny answer. But I'm for real. Like, that my kids get me through like everything when i'm at my lowest days i wake up i don't feel like going to work i'm like hey number one you're gonna be behind on your lesson plan number two you know those kids are gonna miss you we get back tomorrow they're gonna be like why did you leave me you didn't come you didn't warn us that you weren't gonna be here so i suck it up and do what i need to do for them because i love them dearly um share a story about a time you really felt like you got through to a student I guess in this sense, it would be students. Um, So (laughs) the job I'm at right now is actually my second teaching job. And um, my last job, I had students who were in this thing called Lego League. So it just so happened that the Lego League students went to the board meeting to be recognized on the day my resignation went through so imagine you have this favorite teacher that you love so much you're sitting at the board meeting and your teacher's name is on the resignation list the next day they came to school and it was like whispers all in my class like you're leaving you're not coming back i said how do y'all know i'm not returning next year and a bunch of eighth graders just come down and they're like we saw your name at the board meeting I'm so mad at you and you know that whole day is more kids were like getting notice of me leaving they were like why are you leaving you're not coming back what can we do to make you stay and at that moment I was like these kids know I'm leaving and they're really fighting for me to stay because I've heard kids talk about how they wish other teachers would leave the school so me being a teacher that they're like okay I want you to stay. We're going to miss you so much. That's when I was like, I'm doing something right. Not just being the cool teacher. Because, again, even if you're just a cool teacher that doesn't do anything, kids pick up on that. You know, they're like, she cool, but she, we're not learning anything. But kids were like, you know, I missed your class. And last year was a um, a rough year for me. So even them still feeling that way about the way that I was ever changing. And they went through things with me. It's, it was just crazy to me, like at that moment. And then having my eighth graders, I'm sitting here like, why do y'all care if I'm not coming back to the school? Because I'm not even going to be here next I mean, y'all aren't going to be here next year. You're going to be in high school. You don't care if I'm here. And they're like, no, because now we can't come back and visit you at open house. We're not going to see you at events. Like that really impacts us. And I was like, this is crazy. They're about to start a riot because I'm not here. So, it that 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 really made me feel like I had an impact on those that had me the previous year and those that had me currently. And then of course, anytime you know a kid tells me, kids really tell me, I had a girl, she told me that being in my class gave her something to look forward to daily. Like, what? My class? My big goofy behind. Uh what? So, Stuff like that just really, really gives me that feeling that I do something for them. Um, favorite memory teaching so far? Favorite memory teaching? I don't even have one for real. Not a favorite, but not something that just stands out. I think every time I step foot in that school, in any like both schools I've been in, has been something. I will say, if you were around in the era of jerking and whatnot, they did that little pin drop thing. I have a student and he tried to do the little pin drop thing for jerking. We try to hold one leg and jump over it or whatever with the other leg. That was a confusing description. And he tried to do that. And I was getting something out my desk or something. And they were packing up to leave and he tried to do that. And fell flat on his face. Now, I am not trying to be cruel and laugh at child injuries. But he knew he wasn't supposed to do that. So that was probably like the funniest thing. And it was crazy because they were supposed to be packing up to leave. And everybody, you know, they're getting ready to line up at the door. And everybody just sat down at the same time. They were like, all you heard was pop. And I look up. And everybody's in their seat, like, nope, nope, wasn't me. And he's just laying on the floor. And I'm cracking up. You know, I laugh about it now. And we're not talking about the video now because he's okay. His parents are like, okay, I didn't, you know, it wasn't anything traumatic. But it was really hilarious and definitely one of the funniest things I definitely would talk about as a teacher. Um, and he also asked, asked me about the funniest student story Armand did. So I guess that ties into that as well. Um, most embarrassing moment, teaching. (laughs) Ha ha! Woo! I have a couple, actually. My first year, they both come from my first year teaching. My first year teaching, the week of Thanksgiving break. So, nowadays, I get Thanksgiving that whole week off. My first year teaching, Thanksgiving break was only Wednesday through Friday. Well, that Monday night, I got hungry. I went to late night Taco Bell. Taco Bell was not good. So the next morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up. I feel so sick. I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning, sick, all the works of food poisoning. I said, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I woke up again for work the next day. Didn't feel good. Said, can I get coverage from my class? Lay back down, went to sleep. Got up, and I felt okay. So I went to school. I get to school around 11 o'clock. Now, mind you, again, this is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving break. So I wake up, go to school, get my kids. We're in the classroom, and they were watching some movie for something they were doing in math. And I'm laying, sitting at my desk, and I'm out of it. They're like, are you asleep? (laughs) You okay? And I'm just like, I don't feel good. So I had somebody watch my class. I went down to... Principal's office. I said I feel horrible. She said, "Miss Levitt, go home. The school will be here when you get back. So go home." I said you don't have to tell me anything else. So I'm coming back to my classroom, telling the kids bye. Then all of a sudden, it hits me. I gotta throw up. So I was like, Ugh. and my coworker was like, "Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom." And I'm running to the bathroom. I did not make it. I threw up all over the middle of the hallway. I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm already embarrassed because I threw up. It's kids in the hallway like, Miss Lovett? <laughs> then the, my coworker, my next door neighbor, I guess, in his classroom, he presses our little emergency button. He was like, we need a nurse. Ms. Lovett threw up in the hallway. And I said, like, oh my God, why are you yelling this in the hallway? It was so embarrassing. And a couple months later, My kids were doing a probability unit and one of my kids was like, well, what's the probability of Miss loving getting sick from Taco Bell and having to have a substitute the next day. I said, you little cretin, why would you write about that situation? But it's actually quite hilarious. And then there was another situation where a student was trying to get something from me and I was trying to close the door, and I don't even know what happened, but somehow I hit my head on the door frame of the classroom door. And I said, you know what? And then we watched the video back, myself and my coworkers, my teammates, watched the video back, and it was just so embarrassing. Like I said, how did that even happen? You know, like what, where did you get that? You can see me hit my head, you know when you hit your head or hit something so hard it bounces back up. My head like (laughs) bounced off the door frame. And if you ever seen me before, you know that big forehead, so it was like boom. It just was so embarrassing. But you know, I don't know. I'm just a clumsy teacher and just ugh. Um, proudest moment teaching. Uh proudest moment like for my students or for me. I've been really proud of myself, so I guess it's not about me. Um, proudest moment teaching. I don't think I can pinpoint any any one point, um, I think the proudest moments that I have are when students who would never talk. Like, I've had students each year and a couple in each class that would never talk, that would never say anything, that would just be like, I'm dumb, I don't get it, I don't want to try and give up on themselves. When I see those students start to come out of their shell and start to really answer questions they're answering questions they're not just answering questions they're answering questions right i'm already happy that you're taking that leap and putting yourself out there but also you're correct and that is like crazy to me because i have students that just would not talk and then they would fail tests and they would be so down on themselves i'm like we're just gonna do better look at your work look where you made mistakes and we're gonna do better and then i have those students that are like okay okay and then by like December even Maybe January, February They're like boom, boom, boom This question, this question, I want to do this Can I go to the board? And as a teacher it's like oh my gosh yes I love the confidence Good job, do it again You know I, I love to see it Definitely because I have some students that really struggle with math And again math is that subject You see it on your schedule like oh Math Great So it just, it, it warms my heart to see them come out that mathematics shell. Because they all come out their shell to me. They'll tell me everything about their life except for the math problem that I ask them about. So, for sure, really good to see. Um, And then I'm going to move over to, again, another student at the Georgia Institute of Technology. I know it's really, like, uh but, like, it just, Georgia Tech is a, a really good school, so... I have to be extra about it. So, the Georgia Institute of Technology. Um, Nick said, what is most rewarding to you as a teacher? Mm. Basically, again, tying into that proudest moment, seeing them come out their shell, and seeing those relationships. Do you understand how good it feels to be somebody's favorite person? Like... I'm a math teacher. I keep harping on this because it's true. People come to my classroom and they're like, yo, I hate this subject. I will learn about all the world wars. I'll learn how to write a paper. I'll do some science pe- science experiments. But you, ma'am, do not ask me to write down this problem because I hate this. I won't do it. But at the end of the year, they're kind of like, oh, I look forward to math. Not even, I look forward to Hey, out with love it because she's cool but like I want to do math I want to listen to her talk about math like what me math you for real so that's just those those relationships that you build and learn students and help students come out there shut up I'm sitting here getting shivers and chills because it's amazing. I love my kids I love the relationships I build at work with kids with my coworkers with I have parents who email me and they're like, hey, you're the favorite. I'm like, oh my God, I can't say the same thing to you because I don't have favorites. Wink, wink. But it means a lot. I recently um, had a family member be tested positive for COVID-19. And I told the parents about it because I was like, I'm being transparent because right now I don't really know how to process this and it might affect my response time to you and what you need me to do, but I will get it done. And the amount of love and prayers and just everything that the parents sent to me was so crazy. Like I got so many emails that day within 10 minutes, like we are in our prayers, we love you. And just all the support, like it brought tears to my eyes. The way that parents were coming out in droves, some of them talked to their student about it. The students were contacting me like, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. And I hope everything gets better. And just those moments like that, you know, is it's, it's really, it's, it's insane. Like, wow, y'all really like me. You really trust your student with me every day. How do you adapt to students' different situations so that they can be successful? First things first, I tell students, you have to communicate with me. I'm not a mind reader I I don't know Unless the counselor tells us Or unless you talk to me But I let them know Your situation shouldn't define So we're going to find a way To work around so I can help you So we can be successful Because I'm not going to let you Lean on the crunch of like Oh well I just didn't have Because we can make it work You know I'm a very understanding teacher Because when I was in school I just wanted people to understand me so I never try to feel make students feel shut out. But what you won't do is let the things that we can work around hinder you. We're going to work through it. If you want to be um, on the good page with Ms. Lovett, shoot. But definitely whatever I can do, if I have to assign somebody something on the computer, but I have to print out every single thing for you, I will do that. Because I want you to be successful. and That's my main goal. So that's just a big thing there. Anything that I can do to help them work around it or any of my own resources that I can lend, I definitely will because, again, I want them to be successful. What did or do you do to develop patience? (laughs) If you ask any of my students, between the first student that walked in my class and the last student I saw on March 12th before we did not go back to school again, I still don't have patience. Um, I'm not snapping at kids every moment, but you could tell I have to sit there and my kids know, they're like, you go to your happy place. Are you tuning us out? Yes, because y'all are getting on my nerves. Um, but all, in all honesty, how do I keep from not snapping on students? Like I would snap on somebody my age. It's just they're students. Now, some things that students do are like you, you knew better. You did not have to do that. However, um, they're, they're kids. you know, I I'm, I'm not gonna go off on a kid for doing kid things. I'm, you know, I do I do yell sometimes. I do get an attitude sometimes, but mostly, I know I keep myself in check because I need to get paid too. You know, I'm never gonna do something in that classroom that would put me at risk of losing my job, not getting rehired going to jail. You know what I'm saying? So, I have a happy place. Um my kids are very mature for their age, you know? So, they know when I say I need some moments, it's not they don't feel, they don't feel bad. They're not like, "Oh, she hates us." They're like, "Yeah, we're getting on her nerves, so let's give her a moment. Let's sit here and do our work." So, we we have that communication. Um and again, I Kids, kids will be kids. Kids do annoying things sometimes, but they're still kids at the end of the day. So as angry as I get, I'm like, ooh, ooh, they're 12 and 13 years old. Love it. Relax, relax. Because you going off and them going off and everybody going off is not going to make for a productive environment. So relax. Tell them you need a second. Regroup and take it head on. And then again, if I don't have patience, if every time I lose my mind, I have given them the power. I put power in a little pretty package and say, here, students, this belongs to you. Because you can't let them win every time. I have students who come in there and they try to annoy me just because. And I ignore it. And they're like, she doesn't hear me. I try to be annoying. Ignored. Sometimes you don't, have to, you don't have to respond to everything. Because that's what some students want. That's their goal. I'm going to get on her knife today. And I'm going to try to make my little friends laugh about it. No, you're not. You're not going to get to me. So I think of that as well. Sometimes they want that attention. And I know that sometimes those attention comes from deeper places of maybe neglect or something. But that's not the way you're going to get to me. If you want my attention, you got to come with something better than that. Because I'm not going to entertain that. Because the first moment that I entertain it, you know that you've got what you want from me. And no, I'm not playing those games. I'm not falling into that trap with you, young ma'am. Young lady, I said young man, young man, young lady, okay? So that's a big thing with keeping patience. Just remember who I'm, at, who I'm dealing with. Because as much as it's about building relationships, teaching is a mind game with some students. And some students, if you let them, they will play you like a fiddle. And I'm not the teacher that's about to get played. I was the teacher that got played. I grew up, I had to learn. Some students were trying to play me. I said, no, 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 <laughs> let's get this right today. So that was a big thing. Uh, what did you do, what do you do to seem or become relatable to your students? Um, I'm just me. I'm, I'm a goofy woman. I, I'm transparent. So they know, again, not to a point where it's not for students, but I'm very Transparent. And very just like, hey, listen, this is what it is, what it isn't. What you see with me is what you get. I don't bite my tongue for these students. Now, of course, I'm not telling them, you know, go kick rocks or something. That's extreme. But I don't, I don't sugarcoat. I don't bite my tongue with them nor their parents. I give it to them straight. I'm real, you know, because that's what they need. If they're wrong, they're wrong. I'm not gonna say, oh, but you know, no, you were wrong. But we can fix it kids are gonna work for teachers that they like and not just like teachers they respect teachers that they feel that connection to so that's what i have to do first i have to give you that connection to me whether it's the first day you met me i made a corny joke and i stayed true to that they know my kids know anytime i have an opening for a pun it's coming didn't you love it oh you yeah, didn't see that coming Ha <laughs> ha! i had the opening though so you shouldn't have gave it to me so anytime that comes in you know I'm I'm just I'm just real on me they see me like if they don't have me in the classroom and then they see me talking to an administrator and I'm this whole different person or their parent comes in and I'm this whole different person I'm everybody gets what they get from is love it and that's that on that. that um, what's most frustrating about teaching when students don't want to do the work honestly I can deal with all the testing, evaluations, we don't get paid, we deserve, whatever. But when students come to my classroom and they give up on themselves, I'm just like, what do you want me to do? You know, it's it's very hard to work through with them. Um, And I don't want to give up on students, I never do. But I'm like, I can't do more than you. Um, So there's that. Outside of the curriculum, what else do you try to teach your students? To be good people don't be rude don't be a jerk when my kids have to do something i make sure they say please and thank you um a couple weeks ago before i actually know like a month ago my kids did an escape room and they had to go to different rooms and get stuff from other teachers i said when you go get your paper from the other teacher, say please and thank you and if you don't i will g- give you a penalty um And then I had a group that I have a student intern and she was helping me out. And I had one group of students in both the classes I did that with. And she said, they were so polite to me the whole time. And those students ended up getting the prize award that I never got to give them because Corona. Um, But they ended up getting the award because I was like, they're so polite. Being nice to somebody is a good way. My biggest thing is making sure that people are polite to one another. When you, when you speak to me, if I, I speak to my students a certain type of way and they speak to me a certain type of way. Students know if what you' saying to me what you are saying to me gets a little on that side of disrespectful, I'm correcting it because you shouldn't talk to anybody like that in general and you are surely not going to speak to me like that right now in this classroom in this building, when you see me on the street, anywhere because I am a person that deserves respect. And that's my biggest thing is making sure that people respect others and then that they're respecting themselves because certain things that students do, I'm like, hey, is that becoming of you as a young woman or man? No, so don't do it again. Because again, I just want them, I don't want them to feel like, oh, all she taught me was math. I make those connections because I have students from my first year that refer to me as mom because I'm like, hey, get your life together. Um, What you doing? You know, I'll make sure that you are becoming the best you, you can be. I'm correcting everything. I'm not just grading papers. I'm grading your life. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not grading anybody's life. I'm not telling anybody they're f or nothing like that. But I am telling them when they're wrong, when they're right, when they can do better. And sometimes kids don't want to hear that. Guess what? We all go through things we don't want to hear. I tell them early on, hey, you don't want to hear this, but I'm gonna tell you because you need to hear it. You know, it's not like somebody grabbed my. Like, you need to hear it, baby. So I'm gonna tell you. Um, what have you learned the most from teaching? Woo! Life comes at you fast. Okay? Teaching teaches you to be a quick thinker and to adapt. Because something will happen that you do not expect. All right? And you got to roll with it. Because if you don't, hmm, hmm. Good luck, Charlie. Y'all remember that show? Yeah. So, you know, teaching has definitely taught me how to think on my feet and how to make sure that I'm okay and how to make sure that I'm protected and making sure that I'm taking necessary measures to ensure that, again, just I'm protected. So, (laughs) again, Teacher's gonna teach you to think and be ready and stay ready so you don't have to get ready again. And then I'm gonna go back to Armand's question. He said, What do you wish the rest of the world, <laughs> non teachers? I don't think you had to put that um emphasis, understood about teachers. Um, we're humans. And we don't want to hear every time, you know, we do our job for a reason. We get it. You wouldn't be a teacher. You don't have to tell us every time. You don't have to say, Oof, I couldn't be a teacher. I, okay, thank you, Carol, um, for letting me <laughs> you know that. That was not productive to this conversation at all. You don't have to tell us that. Stop making our job feel like it's such a terrible thing. Because honestly, teaching is awesome. On my worst day, I still want to go back tomorrow and teach again. I'm still getting my lesson plans ready, you know. It gets hard sometimes. We struggle sometimes, but we just like to see the support. Everybody's making all these jokes about, oh, yeah, I bet you appreciate teachers now because parents are at home teaching their students this, that, and the third. But we should have been getting that appreciation because nothing about our jobs has changed within this time. We're still getting up every morning and making sure that something is posted for you to work with with your student, trying to adapt to these times, working with programs that we've never worked with before. And again, that's part of the job. Again, part of the last thing I said was teachers gonna teach you to get ready, stay ready, so you don't have to get ready again. We had to get ready for something with the quickness and we did it because teachers are amazing. My coworkers have come through other teachers that I see on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, they have adapted. And I'm not taking away from the parents and students that have adapted, but right now I'm talking about teachers, you know? So just appreciate the teacher. Stop telling them, I don't see how you do it. Just tell them, hey, you're doing a good job. Even if, I mean, that could suck, but maybe that will <laughs> help them be a better teacher, you know? If you just tell them, like, hey, you're, you're doing good. I appreciate what you do for us. Somebody saw me, I had on my name tag for my school system, and I was in a soul food restaurant. And this guy came up to me, and he was like, so-and-so school system. So yeah, that, that's why I teach. He was like, you know what? Just thank you. Thank you for helping out our kids and being who you are. I said, wow. That made my day. Stuff like that makes it worth it. We don't always want to hear about how do you do it. And really? What's that like? I heard the kids bad? Tell us something positive for a change. You don't have to talk about our salaries all the time. You don't have to talk about how we do the impossible. We know that we go to work every day. Every morning, leave every afternoon. Some days better, some days worse. But just, you know, just think about your approach to teachers and how you really handle things. Because, again, we we don't always have to hear about what you will or won't do. We didn't ask about that. That wasn't the topic. So just, you know, keep it cute. (laughs) um but that's about it for today um thanks for if you made it this far and I didn't bore you to death thanks for listening to episode one more stuff to come different topics hopefully different co-workers depending on the situation I mean co-workers co-hosts depending on the situation and before I end my podcast I'm gonna take you to my classroom and I have a joke for you all so Did you hear about the guy who was scared of negative numbers? (laughs) He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. Thanks. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to hear something on my podcast, follow me. If you have my personal page, you know where that's at. Or my teacher page, like it, learn it, love it. That's L-O-V-E-T-T for the love it. And I'll talk to you guys next time.